Good morning, Pathway, and welcome to church. Again, it's so great to see you or be seen by you, however you want to put that. Today, I'm excited. We're going to be wrapping up our Family Fun House uh, series, and we're going to be talking about a topic that is one of our core values, actually, at the church, which is choose trust. And it's a very convicting uh, topic, but it's also a very good topic. So if you guys wouldn't mind, turn in your Bibles, just grab them. I know they're right next to you anyways, or on, on your phone. Grab them and turn to the book of Romans, chapter 12. And as Rob likes to say, if you don't know where the book of Romans is, you, there's a table of contents in the front of your Bible. People work really hard to put it there. Don't be afraid to use it. So once you find Romans, chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 9. And if you wouldn't mind to to show respect to God's word, we like to stand in respect of God's word. So even in your living room or wherever you are, just stand with me as we read Romans 12. And we're going to go from verse 9 all the way to verse 16. So Paul says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word, and we just ask today, this morning, this beautiful day that you have made, God, that you would speak to us through your words. Lord, that we would learn how to work with one another in our family unit as we, as we seek to glorify you, and Lord, as we seek to put our family above ourselves. I pray that your presence would be here this morning, wherever we are watching from. Lord, I pray that you would be there in this moment. Lord, even now in these times, we need your presence. And so, God, I just ask that you would be with us this morning. We love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. So choose trust, guys. When something goes wrong, let me ask you a question. When something goes wrong, do you believe the best or assume the worst about the situation or the person in the situation? I, I want to kind of preempt this with saying it can be very, very hard to believe the best. And, and part of the reason why, and we're going to talk about this a lot, is we have trained ourselves to go for the worst our entire lives. In fact, other people have trained us to doubt. And, and we say, we hear phrases, we say things such as, don't get your hopes up. So-and-so, uh, this person will let you down. They'll fail you. Uh, you're, you're naive to believe this about someone or something. And, and we train ourselves on that downward trajectory to doubt and to assume the worst of, of any given situation, um, whether it's a comment that's made in our direction or whether it's something that, that failed, that shouldn't have failed. We, we automatically go to the worst possible outcome. And this list of, of sayings, it can go on and on, but the point is that we train ourselves to doubt. We train ourselves to think the worst. And, and even we doubt the intentions of other people's words or actions towards us because 
yeah, we live in a culture and in a, in a society where everyone's out to get you. Everyone is trying to uh, scramble to the top and they don't care about your feelings or anything like that. And guys, we have trained ourselves to automatically assume the worst in a situation. And we're gonna go over a few things to try and curb that and retrain our brains. So the first thing that we wanna talk about is love and trust. And, and some people don't put those two things together but I think it's very important. And in Romans chapter 12, we see Paul here talking about loving what is good and, and let love be without hypocrisy. And, and so I love the way that the New Living Translation, the NLT says it uh, in verse nine there. It says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. It says, hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. And I love that idea of just pretending to love others because guys, let's be honest, a lot of times, we are just pretending to love others. Um, we, we don't genuinely love them. We, we sometimes pretend, we pretend to love, even our family members, we can pretend to love them. And, and this comes from an idea of, as long as they are benefiting me, I love them. As long as they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, I love them. As long as you know the dishes are done or the work is done, then I love them. But as soon as something fails, as soon as one of those things stops, then I stop loving that person and immediately turn into their boss or their, their overlord or their punisher or their judge, whatever it may be, and, and I tell them, you're failing me immediately as soon as something goes wrong. So when I pretend to love someone, then really that is the definition of a hypocritical love. It's based on their performance, not on who they are. And, and guys, Jesus Christ doesn't love us based on our performance towards him. He loves us because he made us. He loves us because of who we are. He, he loves us in our filth even, and so much so that he was willing to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that he could spend eternity with us. And so if we, if we exemplify our love based on him, then we shouldn't be basing it on what people do for us. We should be basing it on who they are to us and who they are as people, not even just who they are to us, guys. I don't even want to th make it sound like that because really, if I don't know you, I can still love you because you are a human being. I can still show you love because of who you are. And so we, we have to understand that that's a shift in culture. It's a shift in the way we think. And I, I want to talk about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. Because when we talk about love being hypocr hi hypocritical, sorry, we, we have to understand what love is supposed to be. So in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, if you turn there, a lot of you guys know this chapter as the love chapter. Maybe you've had it read at your weddings or, or other times. Most people know this chapter. But I, I love what Paul says because he gives us an example of what love is and what love is not. So we're going to start in just verse 4, and we're going to read a few verses here. And it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then in the beginning of verse 8, he says, love never fails. And I want to kind of hone in on, on verse 7 there where he says, 
it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. And that's, guys, that is trust. When we are, when we are bearing everything with one another, when we are believing in one another, then we really start to see how love and trust come together. When I'm hoping for the best for you, I'm not hoping for you to fail. I'm not expecting you to fail. I'm not expecting anything but good things. Again, you see how the trajectory starts to go up and not down? Where I can, I can go to you as a family member or as a friend or as a confidant or whatever, and I can say to you, hey, I need this done, or I, I trust you with this part of my life, whether it's confession of sin or anything, guys, and I trust you with this, I'm hoping for the best. I'm not hoping that you take it and trash it. I'm not hoping that you crash it into the ground. I'm hoping that you cherish what I've given you and hold it close. And so that's, that is true love. That is real love. And, and so we have this, uh, we, can, we can look at the juxtaposition of, of a hypocritical love and a true love and how they both work against or for trust. And, and so when we, when we trust someone with someone then we are, or with something, we are truly loving them. When, when, we, when we doubt them or when we are not sure or when we expect them to fail or when we expect them to let us down or whatever, then we're actually taking that trust away from them. And we're not choosing to trust them with our stuff. Well, you don't understand. This person has burned me before. I don't care about before, guys. We are to forgive. We are to move on. Now, I'm not saying that you throw your pearls to swine. I'm not saying that you just ignore past hurts or anything like that. Like, those things need to be dealt with. But, guys, we have to trust people. And we have to show them that we truly do love them. Regardless of what they do or do not do for us. I need to trust those around me by loving them the way that Christ loves me. And we have a great example in 1 Corinthians 13 of how Christ loves us. And, and here's the thing. is when, when, That means when someone does or says something that I don't understand or that hurts me or that, that maybe I can't really interpret what their meaning is, then, guys, I need to not assume the worst. I need to choose trust. So that's the first step is, is love and trust. The second is, is get off your high horse. <laughs> and so as rough as that sounds, sometimes specifically with family, and maybe I'm the only one like this, we can act like our way is the only way to do things. And the way I expect things to be done or the way that I expect you to talk to me is the only way that it can work. And, and when we do that, we A, beat others down, and B, we put ourselves in a position over them. Whether it's a husband treating a wife like garbage, or parents treating their kids like garbage, or kids treating their parents like garbage. Guys, it goes all ways. And family is interesting because it is the one group of people that we can rip each other's heads off and not blink twice. We can... We can go to our spouse and say things that we would never say to anyone else because they're family and, well, what are they going to do? Leave me? And, and guys, we have to be careful that we aren't abusing our family members with this. So choosing trust means that I am willing to not only have certain things done differently, but I, I need to be willing to be wrong. I need to be able to be wrong. And there's a certain level of trust that goes that way as well, where it's like, if I can fail and my wife doesn't jump down my throat, 
If I can fail and my whole family doesn't turn against me, then guys, I'm going to actually try and do better than ever before. Like I'm going to actually try and, and be better than if they expect me to fail and jump down my throat when I do. Proverbs 26, 12 says this. It says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? <laughs> there is more hope for a fool than for him. So guys, don't think that it's your way or the highway. I know a lot of parents that say that. It's not great. But just because it's not my way does not mean that, every, that it's not everyone else's way. Uh, there's a saying that you guys may or may not be familiar with, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. And as disturbing as that image is, it's a very true statement. There's, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. And so there's more than one way to anything. And so we need to not get so offended when someone says or does something that, oh, wait, hang on, that's not what I'm okay with. Well, it's not about you. So get off your high horse and, and be willing to trust your family to do things well and to encourage them, guys. Be an encourager. Be on their team. Root for them. You're not rooting for them to fail. You're rooting them for them to succeed. You want to see them do better. You want to see them. You know what? Sometimes failure is exactly what we need to learn how to do things the right way. But the only way that we can learn is by failing. And so we need to encourage one another. We need to love one another and say, that's okay. It's okay that things went sideways. Let's get up and do better. Let's get up and fix this. And how do we do it? Not screaming at each other, not yelling at each other, not throwing things at each other, but actually just working together as a family to be better. We show our family that we trust them through our words and through our actions. It's, it's the difference between a dad sitting underneath his car and saying, hey, you hand me that, and a dad sitting underneath his car and showing his boy or girl how to do things, how to change the oil, how to change a tire, all those kinds of things. It's a big difference when you actually let them, when you let your kids or you let your spouse do something with you. And it's not always just stuff like a car or anything like that. It can just be the way you talk with each other. Hey, you know what? We don't use those kinds of words. We use these kinds of words. Because these are words that are going to encourage and build up, not tear down. Listen, I want to trust that my family wants to love me. And I think that they want to trust that I love them. I think that they want to experience what it's like to have the freedom to make mistakes. I love what Pastor Rob says. He says, when you believe the best about others, you tend to get the best from others. And guys, that is so very true. When we, when we encourage one another, when we believe the best about someone, when we are not looking for them to fail, guess what? They, they get amped to actually work harder, to do better, to, to how do, and, and you know what? A lot of times they're going to ask more questions on how do I do better? Instead of, instead of just assuming that I'm going to come down like a ton of bricks, my kids will actually come to me and say, how, how do I do this? As opposed to me doing it for them. And so, guys, we have to choose trust with our family. And I'm going to say that about four million more times. So just get ready. But my, my family should always be more important to me than my pride. Again, Philippians 2.3, and, and you guys might know these verses, both of these passages we've talked about in the last two weeks. But Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. 
if you have to be right all the time, then you are communicating to those around you that they are not trusted. And ultimately, guys, when we follow that road to the end, not loved. And so do you really want to love your family? Of course you do. I mean, all of us want to love our family. Now, there's outliers and there's all these other things that come into that. But guys, I think ultimately we want to love our family. And we want our families to love us. And so this idea of choosing trust with them, you know, choosing the, to, to look away when we might not agree um, or do things differently. We are to humble ourselves and esteem others better than ourselves. When this happens, it creates a space where people are trusted, and that leads to empowerment, which leads to a desire to do the best. Um, and community that holds each other in the highest esteem. And we talked about that a lot last week. If you didn't watch last week's message, I highly encourage you uh, to go back and watch that because we talk about what it means to esteem others more than yourself. And guys, when we choose trust, we're choosing to put ourselves below other people. It's like when you hear a boss say, I want my ceiling to be your floor. That's the idea that I want with my family as well. I want my kids to be better than I could ever hope to be. I want them to be stronger Christians than I could ever dream of being. I want them to have a better relationship with their father than I had. And I want them to have a better relationship with their kids than I do with them. I want these things for them because I want to root for them. I don't want them to fail. And so that brings us to our third and final point. And it's, it's this. It's one of my favorite things to say. And it's practice makes habit. Some of you might be familiar with the term practice makes perfect, and that is just a wrong term. If you want to say it properly, you could say perfect practice makes perfect, but truthfully, practice makes habit. And as we talked about before, we've spent a lot of time our entire life or most of our lives practicing on how to doubt others. We've practiced on how to immediately interpret what they're saying to me, uh, whether good or bad or otherwise. Uh, we immediately interpret it the way we want to. And we start twisting the words and we start thinking and we start analyzing. Maybe I'm the only person, but we have to work on correcting it. And the only way to work on that is to practice and hopefully to practice perfectly. <laughs> we, and the, the way to do that, guys, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but the way to do that is we have to go through and stop ourselves. We have to stop the train of thought. We have to get to the point where we inherently choose trust. Choosing trust means that we have to take a breath, we have to ask ourselves some questions, and we're going to go over this in just a second, but slowing things down before you start analyzing what somebody meant when they, when they said a certain offhanded remark and, and you're like, whoa, do they hate my guts now? Before you start analyzing a text, and guys, never text important things, always phone call. It's worth it to talk to your family especially. Just phone call, FaceTime, whatever you do, never text important things because we can read a text and have no idea what the meaning was behind that text. And guys, I'm, I'm just coming at you from a person that analyzes everything in my life. A text can mean sleepless nights for me if I don't have an explanation with it. And, and it can just be an offhanded remark that that person was not thinking at all. So I need to practice choose trust. And, and there's a few questions that you should ask yourself. So slow down when you get that text from your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your uncle, whatever. 
slow down and think of these questions before you start analyzing the death out of it. So firstly, do I love this person? Answer that question. Is this person, do I love them? Okay, and, and going back to the love chapter and going back to the idea of love meaning trust and all these kinds of things. Do I love this person? Now, number two, you, you need to ask yourself and, and maybe even ask this person, does this person love me? Is this a person that has a desire to be a part of my life? Is this a person that has a desire to be an influence in my life? And, and this is where you might have to call them and ask them, hey, you, you sent this text what did you mean by it? I, I, I'm interpreting it that you hate my guts. I don't want to interpret it that way. So what did you mean by it? And they might look at you and say, no, I, I hate your guts. Oh, okay. Well, that's a whole different conversation then. But the hope is that they would say, oh, that's not what I mean at all. And they would explain it. So the third question, so we have, do I love this person? Does this person at least say that they love me? The third question is this, would this person intentionally harm me with their words or actions? Is this person's goal in life to get me? And guys, 90% of the time, you're going to come with a no answer on that one, especially in family. Now, family can be dirty with each other for sure, but we have to remember that ultimately, I think all family wants to love each other, even if they want to deny that. The fourth question that you should ask, so you have, do I love this person? Does this person say that they love me? How, uh, would this person intentionally harm me? And now the fourth question, how could I be interpreting this wrong? So understanding that I don't know everything, I was not there, I, or I was there, and, and I'm definitely working it through my processes, but I could be interpreting it completely wrong and completely backwards. Instead of them saying, you're fat and ugly, maybe they were just telling me that I've gained a few pounds and that I don't look great today. Now, those are not flattering things, but that doesn't translate to hate. That doesn't translate to them not wanting to love me. And so you have to work these things through, and you need to calm down, you need to breathe, and ask yourself these questions. In verse 12, Paul says this uh, back in Romans. Uh, he, he says to rejoice in hope. And again, we, we talked about that, that weeping with those who weep and, and rejoicing with those who rejoice and rejoicing in hope. This idea that I can't wait for you to do great. I can't wait to see you be the person that God wants you to be. Encouraging words, guys, are going to go a lot farther than me saying, well, what did you mean by that? <laughs> guys, I, we can take offense so easily, and we need to work and fight against the enemy trying to drag us down to his level. We need to find peace in hoping for and choosing to trust others in our life. There's true comfort in knowing that everyone is not out to get me. There's true comfort in, even, even if it's true, even if the world was against me, guys, I want to have the naivety to think that everyone is for me. Because if everyone is for me, then I'm going to take things a lot differently than if I believe everybody is against me. When my, when my wife tells me that that shirt doesn't look super great, I mean, it's probably just an off-color flannel, but when she tells me that it doesn't look super great, I need to take that and say, okay, well, what is she meaning? What, how do I interpret this? When she tells me to be quiet, she's trying to listen to something. Or, or when she's trying to tell me, sitting, sit down, I need to talk to you. 
I need to choose trust that she's not trying to lay things out and, and like getting out the divorce papers. I need to trust that we are trying to work together to better our relationship as a family. As a couple, as parents, whatever you want to say, we are working together. And, and I say this a lot in uh, premarital counseling. Uh, we, we never should fight with each other. We should always be fighting with each other. Guys, when you fight with your family, there are going to come times where you're fighting. There's a big difference between knocking heads and just trying to win and working together to go further in this journey. Disagreements happen, but that doesn't mean that we have to go backwards. And that definitely doesn't mean that we need to take each other to the mat and try and beat each other up with words or actions. Okay? Trust one another. Choose to trust that your, that your family especially is for you. They're on your side. And when you do this, you'll experience what it's like to live in harmony with one another, working hard to benefit the family as a whole. And it's work, guys. And that's why we say practice makes habit. Because if you do this and you ask these questions, yeah, it'll be awkward. It really will be. There will be times where it's like, I'm really needing you to explain what you mean by telling me that I'm fat and ugly. That seems very, very obvious. But guys, talking these things out, working through them together, we can go forward and we can be a stronger family unit. That doesn't give you license, by the way, to call your spouse fat and ugly. And if you do... Call Rob. I don't want to deal with that kind of fight. But guys, working together will help us to choose trust. So I want you guys to ask yourself a question, and we're almost done. I know it was a shorter week this week. Um, you're, you're welcome. I don't know. It's 4th of July, 5th of July, so happy America birthday. And happy Canada birthday, too. Um, but ask yourself this question. Am I believing the best about others? Just in your own heart right now, are you believing the best or are you believing or are you assuming the worst? This week, catch your thought process as soon as you begin to make an assumption. Shift it from assuming the worst to believing the best. When you do this, then you'll start to bring out the best in your family and all those who are around you. All of you will be able to work as a cohesive family unit when you choose to trust one another when you choose to put the other person ahead of you. I love these verses. They're some of my life verses. And guys, I want to live them out better. And so as your pastor, as one of your pastors, please keep me accountable to this, to loving and choosing trust with my family as well as with you guys. I don't want to assume that you guys, are, uh, that you guys hate me. I want to believe that you guys want the best for me. And I want to believe the best about you as well. So guys, let's work together as a family, not just in our units, but also as the family of God, as the church of Christ, to work together to choose trust. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for trusting us. <laughs> Lord, for loving us. And Lord, ultimately, you work with us and you've given us such amazing gifts that we can't even fathom how awesome you are. And it doesn't even, words can't describe and there's not enough time to talk about how amazing you are to us. Lord, help us change our hearts. Help us change the, the habit that we have of assuming the worst in someone and work towards believing the best. 
God, we want to see people be encouraged, especially in our family unit. In such a negative time as we live in, Lord, I want to see my daughters raised up knowing that they can do anything just because I'm on their side, you're on their side, you're for them, so who can be against them? God, we love you so much, and we just ask that you would be with us as we walk forward in this life, as complicated as it can be sometimes. Lord, help us to love our family units. Help us to love the church that you have given us. We love you so much, and we just ask that your presence would go before us. In your name we pray. Amen.